Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me and my friends as I take you through some of the leading ideas out there in the personal finance space that I find interesting and worthy of your time. I've decided to name this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on some of these leading ideas. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, Coconuts, as the financial world continues to develop with new strategies, new ideas, new offerings, there's these new class of accounts called cash management account, which very likely is tied to your broker, tied to your robo-advisors. They're all on these investment platforms that you're on. And all of them are saying that, oh, if you have idle cash sitting around, not allocated to the capital markets yet, oh, why not you put in this cash management account? And then you can earn what, up to 3%? And a lot of people are like, huh? 3%? Fixed deposit? Give me nothing, leh. Oh my goodness. And so it has become quite a thing. People are very concerned and interested about it. Like, what is going on? How can I earn all this money? Is it risk-free? So for all that and more, welcome back. everyone, I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut in our podcast, Blunking Financial Myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us, create a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut and welcome to my segment First Dips. Huh? Every day on Tuesday, okay, I try to give you some three important ideas to play around with with some of the leading topics out there in personal finance. So today, we are going to talk about the new thing and now. Okay, it's not so new lah. I didn't really want to talk about it because I thought it was like relatively simple but people have been asking, right? So a lot of you have been asking like what is going on? You know, what's the difference? How do you look at this thing? So yeah, yeah, because I'm dependent on you, right? I'm dependent on you tuning in every week, right? Give me traction, like, share, subscribe. So I will, I will pander to the crowd, right? So today, we are going to spend some time talk about cash management accounts. What are they? What what is it? What entails in this thing? Is it risk-free? And are they all the same? Yeah, that's for today. And of course, the short answer is not all cash management accounts are the same, right? And I know a lot of these terms, right? They very marketing one. Cash management, la, savings, la, high interest. La. I mean, it's all marketing term, okay? They, they're not technically very technical, right? <laughs> so let us first define uh, what is a cash management account, right? You can put cash in different accounts. You're not managing, man. You're also managing, right? <laughs> but yes, okay, very specific. What is a cash management account? Okay, this term that we're going to use. Cash management accounts usually exist as part of an offering for robo-advisory and brokerages. 
Okay, to be fair, even if you put your money in some of the brokerage and you don't transfer it into a cash management account, they usually have some sort of management thing for you, right? They manage your flow. They give you a little bit of interest higher than the savings account, blah, 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 right? But cash management account is when you make a conscious decision to shift your idle cash into this separate account within the broker platform, right? So you make a decision. It's not like you put your money there and then they do any random thing for you. You made a decision. Okay, I got like 30,000 sitting here. Now the market very messy. I don't know what to do. Okay, let me transfer to the cash management account, right? And all the brokers and your latest robo-advisors, they all have something. Cash plus, la, cash something, la, simple cash. La. Yeah, you know, you get the idea, okay? So, okay, uh, simply put, as long as it's within some of these brokerage investment platform and then you transfer it into a specific account that says that, okay, we're going to manage this cash. It's going to give you 2-3%, okay? And you make this conscious decision, you shift it in. This account is a cash management account and it is not actually sitting idle cash. Financial companies need to make money also, right? You want to make money, they want to make money. So when you shift money into this place, it's not really cash sitting around. They are managing, managing your cash. So you cannot compare with savings account, okay? In other words, these cash management accounts are actually investments. So short answer is they are investments. You are not really holding cash. The financial companies or the brokers, your platforms are actually taking the money to be invested into other things. Okay, and then they make the return and then they give you a part of it. Lah. That's usually how it works, right? So it's not technically cash. You're not holding cash anymore once you transfer into cash management. Okay, they're managing your cash. It's not cash. And by the extension, it means that it's not like savings account. So in other words, your capital, when you shift into this cash management account, it's not guaranteed lah, by the Singapore Deposit Insurance Corporation. Okay, if you didn't know there's something like that, in Singapore, if you put money in the bank account, in your savings account, okay, savings account, that means you never put into investments or anything, you just put it there in your bank account. There's some sort of insurance coverage. It covers up to X amount, I think 250000 within that banking account. Okay, so this is the baseline idea. When you put money in cash management, they're really investing. They're managing their cash. It is not held in cash. Okay. And with that, it means that there are risk factors involved. Huh? But okay, okay, come on, like hundreds of episodes in, let us be all more sophisticated with risk, okay? It's not like oh, risky and not risky. <laughs> Alamak, come on, right? So, oh, not all risks are the same. And I can argue that a lot of these cash management platforms or cash management accounts are not as risky as some of the critics would say. Right. It's, I mean, it's, this is relative. It's relative, okay? And to be clear, not all of them are the same. That means you can put, you can transfer your money into cash management account of like broker A or broker B or robo-advisor A, robo-advisor B. They may be doing different things. And, and to be fair, they are doing different things. They're putting your money into different places, which is why some of them will give you up to 3%, 2 point something percent. You know, some only give you 1 point something percent. It depends on where they are going to put their money. And depending on where they put their money, there'll be a different interest return. <laughs> because there's a different investment upside on their end, right? So today, we're going to spend some time to talk about the three different types of investments that these cash management accounts actually make so that the broker make money and then you get a fraction of it, okay? This is the fundamental incentive, okay? In finance, you put money to a professional or you give it to a platform, 
they gave you some sort of returns. They must make money on top of that, right? So they take your capital, they make money, they give you a fraction. This is undeniable one, okay? This is the baseline idea. So where are they putting their money? That is a million dollar question. And so the first group of investments, okay? Point number one for today, uh, where are these cash management accounts putting your money? Number one, the first group are cash funds or what we call cash funds. I know, I know, this word is just like everywhere. Cash, 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 cash is king, right? So it's, it's, it's so emotionally loaded and so like randomly used everywhere, right? So what is a cash fund? To be clear, okay, the three different groups of investments that we're going to talk about today, the main difference, uh, the main difference is who are you lending the money to and for what purpose, okay? And so with that, that is the backdrop of how do you then evaluate the risk which is why point number one is the safest and then we'll go all the way down to the most risky, right? Because there's more market variance to it. They, their money is put into places that have more volatility. So it's deemed as riskier. But relative to like equity or like, you know, corporate junk bonds, you know, they are not as risky. And we will go into that one by one. Okay, but the first group, cash funds. Okay, cash funds. Where are these brokers and robo-advisors putting the money such that they can give you these returns when they talk about cash funds? In other words, right, when they do cash funds, they are really putting money into things like Singapore deposits, okay, like Singapore dollar deposits, you know, with the banks. Right? And, and today, if you put your money in a fixed deposit, you can get, right, you yourself, okay, you can go to the bank, say you want to put some money in a fixed deposit, you can get, what, somewhere like a 3 plus percent, 2 plus, 3 plus, 4 plus percent around here, right? So compared to uh, maybe a few months ago where you get like, what, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.8, because the baseline interest rates back then were like zero, right? But now the interest rates are much higher. So you move up along with it. So if you put money in a fixed deposit, you get that kind of amount. But of course, the fixed deposit is a tie-in, right? You are tied into it. So what happens if you think about it, right? A lot of these fund managers, okay, what they do is they take your money, right? But you don't want tie-in, right? It's okay. You don't want your money to be locked in. It's fine. How about we take your cash and then we put it in the places that are tied us in, right? So, 12 months, 6 months, 3 months, whatever, right? This kind of cash fixed deposit in the bank account and they give us 3-4%. Okay, we give you 1-2%. Uh, then they make the difference, right? But you get liquidity, you get flows, right? You can sell whatever you want. The next day, you can get back your capital, you know, which is why AKA cash management, right? Not cash because you got to wait, huh? <laughs> but yeah, you can take back. But what they do is they do the risk holding, right? They hold through the 12 months, they hold through the 6 months, however long that they deem to, to work and then they make the difference, right? So that's kind of how things work when you're talking about cash funds, okay? And also within these cash funds, another big bulk of the money where it goes to are Singapore treasury bills, right? Or some of the T-bills, which we talked a little bit about in a previous episode. You can check that out, how to do T-bills, how to increase your chances of getting the T-bills and blah, blah, blah. Please check that episode out, okay? But this is essentially what cash fund is about. Investing in places that have like very, very low risk, right? Like you put money in a fixed deposit. To you, also very low risk, right? You lend money to the government. The person that can give you and print money, right? So <laughs> the risk factors are very low, right? Which is why when people say, oh, you know, amongst the cash management accounts, the cash management account that gives you cash funds, that means they invest in cash funds, are the safest, right? One of the iconic cash funds out there is Fullerton SGD Cash Fund, okay? So that is the idea. So with this backdrop, okay, of understanding the cash fund, I want you to think a little bit about the cash management accounts that you're putting your money into, where are they putting the money? It's more important than the name on top, right? Simple la, plus la, right? You know, like power, smart. All this not important. 
All those marketing terms, those are not important. So whatever name these brokerages and robo-advisors put on their branding, right? Simple, plus, smart, all not important, okay? Important is they promise you an X amount of returns or they hypothesize up to, okay? Or they have a range, whatever. You must ask, huh, where are they putting the money into such that they can give you this return? And of course, the first group of funds are the cash funds. And the iconic one is the Fullerton SGD fund. Uh. Okay, so fund managers, they don't sponsor us. Uh, so I just put their name. Uh. <laughs> just say your name, right? So SGD Fullerton cash funds is one of the iconic funds where it puts money into fixed deposit and lend money to the government. So it's as cash as it can get already. Even you will do on your own and you will not think of it as an investment. It's like, oh, cash or cash, right? So this is the lowest risk. And now this brings us to the next bucket of investments that this cash management account does, okay? The next group, which is a little bit riskier, and that's what we call money market funds, okay? This is a second group of investments, and we'll talk a little bit more about this afterward from our sponsor. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, now for the second bunch of investments we call money market funds, okay? Why are they a bit less safe, okay? Fundamentally, it's because who they lend money to, right? We have established that in the earlier part of the podcast. So who they lend money to in money market funds, okay? On top of government T-bills, longer tenure government bonds, you know, uh, they even go into the space of corporate bonds, okay? Or like grade A, high-quality corporate bonds. Let's say you lend money to Apple, right? You're concerned that they will pay you back? Okay, right. Not too bad, right? So they enter this like high-quality corporate bonds, right? So it's no longer just buying government T-bills, lending money to the government. Right now, got more, more complicated ones. Right? They put money to the financial institutions, right? So they lend money to the ATAS financial institutions. They also lend money to some of these like very high-quality corporate debt, right? And, and high-quality is not like they feel, feel, say, quality, right? Okay, they got... Like, they got rating, okay? Lending money to different institutions as a rating, right? Is it triple A, you know? Is it double A, triple B, right? And then once it falls into double B, it becomes junk, right? So that is a different discussion altogether. But the idea here is, the idea here is, they are trying to lend money to make a little bit more money. And by doing so, they cannot just put a fixed deposit. They cannot just uh, buy government T-bills, right? Or treasury bills. They need to start to look at other things, right? So they lend money to ATAS financial institutions. They have very good credit rating. They lend money to ATAS corporate companies. They have very good credit rating that can, you know, very certainly pay you back, okay? And, and a lot of these debt that they buy into or they go into are very short-term, right? And consider high quality. Consider high quality and high quality, not like few-few, there's a rating around this. And of course, all of them will say they broadly diversified, which is why I never say, okay? 
it's all broadly diversified. But broadly diversified, what does that mean? That is a different discussion altogether, right? It just means that they buy jumpo, right? They buy a big repertoire of different things that fits this parameter, okay? High-quality corporate debt, high-quality financial institutions debt, and also continue to own some of this uh, Singapore government treasury. So I have to balance it out a little bit. So that is the idea, right? And some of the more iconic funds would be like Lion Global. Lion Global is a very iconic fund. You know, even uh, Philip Money Market Fund, that there are a lot of these kind of funds that are readily accessible, okay? Readily accessible in your broker, readily accessible in your robo-advisory. Okay, maybe one thing that you need to think a little bit about is that a lot of these money market funds will then be denoted depending on what is the baseline currency, right? So there can be a USD money market fund. It can be a SGD money market fund. And, and this is important because if the US dollar then moves, because we are in Singapore, our home currency is in Singapore dollar. If the US currency moves, you know, in a direction that does not benefit us, we actually lose money if we hold US dollar money market fund. Okay, but this is as we if you hold US dollar shares, you know, you hold, you hold, even if you hold Alibaba in like in like in like US, right? In the US market, you own Alibaba, you are really holding it in US dollar. Right? So if the US dollar shift, you also shift, right? Everything is gonna on, right? So it's not unique to money market funds, but I just thought I want to highlight to let you know that not all money market funds are the same. Most of them in the composite will be quite similar, but try to at least have a clear idea that, oh, if you own US dollar money market fund versus SGD money market fund, it's different because of the home currency that you are in, okay? And you are subjected to exchange rate risk lah, as with all other things that you invest abroad. And so now for the third group, okay? The third big group of investments that these cash management account will go into is what we call short term bond funds, okay? And across all of them, it is deemed as the least safe. Like, why? Okay, although it says short term, <laughs> but it's the longest term amongst all of them. <laughs> because like, T-bills, you can like trade overnight, you know, the, the, it's very, very short. Like, you can, it's as good as cash because you can immediately go and sell it out without much variance in price, okay? But when you're looking at a lot of these short term bond funds, right? You're really looking at at least somewhere like a two year up down level, right? Uh, so it's a two-year lending period. It's not like six months, one year. It's like two-year lending period. And in the bond market, yes, the longer you're lending, the higher risk it is. Lah. It's very simple. It's like you lend your friend money, right? If you lend your friend money, you say, uh, and next week I'll pass it back to you and they really pass it back to you. Okay, very good. Wow, plus five point this friend. <laughs> but uh, if the person want to lend for two years, five years, then you gotta ask yourself like, is the person going to consistently repay me? What is the risk factor here? Right. So as we all bonds, the longer the tenure of the bonds it is riskier, right? Which is why when you rent, when you take mortgages or you take loans from the bank, the longer you want to loan, the higher the interest rates. So it's the same idea, right? So as much as it's called short-term bond fund, it's two years plus, okay, around there. And uh, it is uh, the longest term of all these three things, okay? Which is why it carries a higher risk compared to money market funds and also an even higher risk compared to like cash funds because now you are participating in the markets, Okay, and then it's a longer-term participation in the markets. Uh, although it's called short-term bond fund, lah, right? <laughs> relative, okay, it's relative. I don't know how many of you realize that a lot of governments, they'll issue like 50-year like bonds, right? 50-year government debt, they got like century government debt, 100 years one, right? So a lot of these bonds, at least in a 30-year to 10-year kind of range, right? Like everybody talk about interest rates, uh, inverse curve, all that. They're really comparing the 10-year, at least uh, the 10-year and the 2-year difference, 
right? So some bonds are really, really long. And so two years relative to 10 years, okay, la, not that long, okay? <laughs> but I know I know these days to us, uh, two years very long. But yeah, I think a little bit about it, okay? It is actually not that long. So it's still called short-term bond fund, okay? Not like middle term, so okay, whatever. <laughs> And of course, for the short-term bond fund, you have different fund management that does it, right? UOB has one. I think Nico has one. PIMCO has one. You know, and uh, to be clear, okay, to be clear, almost all of these financial institutions, okay, they will have offering that are very similar to each other because uh, their institutional clients will come down and say, hey, we need this. Can you provide me? And because it's the same thing, right? You bulk purchase, the cost of management becomes cheaper. Right? So almost all these kind of big funds, right? whether it's it cash funds, money market funds, or you know, short-term bond funds, uh, you will see similar names, right? UOB, la, Nico, la, Pimco. La. It's all around that Fullerton. Fullerton also. Fullerton almost has everything. La, okay, so... These are some of the big names that will create these funds, right? It does not mean that they are like better or the other is better. You know, most of them are very tightly regulated and these funds are very regulated in the sense of like what you can invest such that you can call it these funds. You know, the name is even, the, even using the name is regulated, right? So this is the situation. But what is more important and more interesting for us, okay? Retail investors that put our money in the brokerage and put our money in the robo-advisor and then as the idle cash, 30, 50,000, we want to put into the cash management account under these brokerage and robo-advisory platforms. We need to find out what are they putting their money into? And there's a very good chance that it is a mix of these three. Right, mix of cash fund and uh, no money market funds and then short-term bond funds. Some of them will mix around. Okay, and then they have different different status one. How risky you want, right? If I'm very risky, then 100% in short-term bond funds. So, so there are all these kind of mixtures. So the baseline is very clear on here. Okay, if you want higher interest rates, then you gotta lend longer and uh, lend to people that are willing to give you a little bit more. Right? So this is the baseline idea. And so when you look at the interest rates that the, these cash management accounts provide, right? if they 3%, they 5%, you know, they, they want to go higher and higher, then uh, you got to ask yourself where they're going to put the money. Right? And, and this is the part that is important. And where they put the money will fundamentally affect the risk of your portfolio. Okay, Remember, this is not a savings account as much as they call it cash management. Okay, Because cash management, how, how to manage? Invest. La. That's the only way to manage, right? Sit down there, it's not going to give you money. Right? <laughs> so cash management accounts are really investments. And where do they put the money depends and is very important. right? So don't care about the title, the branding, the marketing at the top. All those things are not important. Let us just focus on where these cash management accounts put their cash. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I'm going to sum up the three big buckets of investments that these cash management accounts put their money to. 
Number one is the cash fund accounts, right? Essentially, cash funds, things like you put into fixed deposit or like Singapore T-bills. And so, instead of you putting such that you're not liquid, a lot of these cash funds will go in and put on your behalf and then they provide the liquidity to you as they hold the money through the extended period. Okay, the next bucket of funds are money market funds. Okay, they're a little bit less safe because they enter the markets, right? There's more volatility. They do lend money to like financial institutions and also high quality corporate debt, right? Which is like triple A, double A. Right? Just imagine, just imagine uh, you lend money to Apple. Do you think they'll re- repay you? Okay, la, for now, chances are they will repay you because they are considered high quality debtors, right? So this is where money goes into. Of course, when you lend money beyond the government, you want to lend to the corporate, lend to the financial institutions, you get a bit more, right? Because it's a little bit risky. And this is the fundamental of uh, debt and fundamental of bonds, right? Which brings us to the third bucket of investments that these cash management accounts will put into, which is the short-term bond funds. Which technically is the longest of them all, (laughs) but in the grand scheme of bonds, it's quite short. So it's about two years up, down. Right? And uh, when you're holding this kind of short-term bond fund, why you get a little bit more? Because the duration is longer. And the people you lend to, you know, is different. Right? So that is really the fundamental of how you evaluate the, the investment risk and the kind of interest upside that you can potentially get from these guys. Right? So last word, don't care about marketing statement at the top. Try to find out what is the composite. Where are these platforms putting their money to? And the rule of thumb is very clear. If they provide you higher and higher interest, right, per annum, they tell you, what they can give you 3%, they can give you 3.5%, 5%. I don't know who is giving what. I think on average, it's about 2 plus to 3. Then you ask yourself, how are they making their money? Where are they putting their money to? That's the important question. And I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when share debater and discuss join our community telegram group very likely very likely we'll do like ranking soon very likely okay we'll see we'll see we'll see follow Instagram or TikTok we're gonna change some of the content on Instagram and TikTok so yeah it's gonna be new a uh, new phase of the financial coconut thank you for supporting us and uh, follow our email newsletter if you want to get the latest updates of what is happening right? and I will see you around very soon right? continue to create great content for you thank you for loving what we do like, share, subscribe like, share, subscribe very important okay? help us grow this channel see you next week Okay, so next week, next week, I'm going to take some time to talk a little bit about the 50-30-20 budgeting strategy, okay? 50-30-20, very common. Everybody says that, okay? But because of my ideology and how I look at money, how I look at, you know, needs and wants and all that, you know, I don't believe in the wants idea, right? Like everything is a need, right? But at what level of need? How do you go about achieving these needs? That's the question. So 50-30-20 becomes a bit obsolete for me, right? So next week, I'm going to share with you an updated, updated 50-30-20 20 strategy. Yeah, and I hope it helps you with your budgeting journey, especially now when, uh, I mean, everybody say times are hard like, and I do feel like times are harder. I'm, I'm not sure exactly because sometimes it's sentiment driven and sentiment then affect everybody's spending and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? But, okay, but regardless, regardless, brief, brief, okay, brief. <laughs> next week, next week, we'll talk a little bit about this 50, 30, 20 budgeting strategy updated, okay? Into my style, my style. See you next week.